yet. Take your seats! Please, God! Please, God! Line. Can we just go back, please? Can we just cut? Can we just cut? Would you be so kind as to collect the pistol hanging off these boys' hips here? And the Oscar goes to Leonardo DiCaprio. Welcome back to Classic Movies Live presents Losing It Over Leo. Today is our third episode. Uh, if you're listening to these all in a row, you just heard, you just heard us talk about Gilbert Grape. And now you're going to hear us talk about Leonardo DiCaprio's third ever movie, The Basketball Diaries. And like I said, if you're listening to these all in a row, uh, you have been listening to these for a while. And I'm assuming you prepared all of these movies. So uh, you might want to take a break after this one and watch uh, a different movie, uh, another Leonardo DiCaprio movie, but like it's, it's a lot of movies to watch in a row, is what I'm trying to say. Plus, these are all long. This Basketball Diaries, that was like two hours, wasn't it? It was uh, surprisingly long. I thought it, it seemed like a kiddie movie. Well, actually, it, I, I thought it'd be like more of a high school like rom or comedy. Uh, I definitely didn't get what I was expecting. So I, I think I was expecting it to be like an hour and 20 minutes, but uh, it was yeah, a lot was, more longer and dramatic than I thought it would be. Yeah, I was going into this. Um, I don't know what I expected. Like, I, I have a friend who's seen this movie and really always highly recommends it anytime he gets the opportunity. And so I know a little bit about this movie going in. Uh, like, yeah. I knew that it was about, uh, I guess if you don't know this already, kind of spoilers, I knew it was about drugs not just basketball, but like, um, I don't think I expected this movie to be as, as harsh as it was. Like this was a very intense movie. Yeah. For a movie called the basketball diaries, it was actually, yeah, it was surprisingly very little of it was about basketball too. Uh, yeah. Yes. was a good thing. Like I wasn't expecting it, but also like, it was definitely a lot more heavy-handed than I think the title implies, or like the general mm -hmm. premise. Definitely at the start implies. It, I it would almost say that uh, feels uh, oh. high school musical esque at the start, like lightly, and then like, yeah, yeah, sort of like an R-rated high school musical at the start, and then it gets not that upbeat. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say that after the first two movies, which were both you know, not, not super heavy, but they weren't, they weren't light either. Like they were both pretty dramatic movies. I was ready for something a lot, a lot more light uplifting. You know, I was ready for that high school musical movie and obviously this was not it. Yeah. So uh, do you want to give us like a basic with the premises? Yeah, just, just real briefly. So this is about, uh, oh, I've forgotten all the characters' names and you're going to have to help me out here. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, who does he play? What's his name, Nick? 
Uh, I thought it was like Jack, but that doesn't sound right because that's from the Titanic. I think. Uh, uh, he has he the first character he played was also Jack. It could be Jack. Oh Maybe yeah, Jim. Um. Here, I'm gonna start using actor names, and it. you look it up and fill me in uh, as you as you get them, as you get the character. It's name. Jim. It's Jim. Yeah. Okay, it's Jim. So Leonardo DiCaprio plays Jim. And he hangs out with all his high school buddies. They're all on the same basketball team. So that's why this is the Basketball Diaries. Because he's an aspiring writer. And him and his friends, uh, Mark Wahlberg, and three other people that I don't know the actor names of, but one of the character names is Bill, are all on the, uh, they're all on the high school basketball team. And they're a really good basketball team. That's their whole thing. Like all of these people, uh, all of them want to uh, aspire to go into professional basketball after they finish high school. Um, yeah, so that's what that is. That's, that's where we're starting from. And one of them, I think his name, yeah, Bill. Bill is Jim's best friend. And at the same time, uh, he, he was like the star of the basketball team. Uh, but now he is dying of leukemia. And he's been in the hospital with leukemia for like two years at the start of the movie. Uh, yeah. He's in the very end stages. Um, and uh, when Bill finally does die, which is kind of a spoiler, but not really. Uh, he, the, the whole group, um, kind of to cope with it and kind of just because that's where they're at in their lives, starts getting really into drugs. Uh, Jim and Mark Wahlberg's character more so than the rest. And that just sort of spirals. And this movie is about that spiral down into, you know, what they end up doing for drugs, how Jim eventually gets out of it. Um, I think how Mark Wahlberg eventually gets out of it. I don't remember for sure. It's not really about him. He's more an auxiliary character, but it's just sort of about that downward spiral into drugs and debauchery and everything that comes with it. Yeah, it's a, and, it's a very self-destructive. It's, it's kind of similar to the this boys actually all, all these movies are very self-destructive movies i'm not gonna lie yeah i actually i actually did want to uh touch on that all three of these movies that we've watched so far are very different and leo is playing a very different character in each of them but at the same time like i they're all quite they're all kind of similar in a way as well like they're all yeah. like you said self-destructive movies um as well as I would say that all of the characters are ki are going through not similar situations in their life, but similarly important times in their life. Like these are all very formative movies, but not quite coming of age movies. Just sort of like, imagine like push a coming of age story five years in the future. And this is kind of what these movies are. <laughs> yeah, um, I would agree. So it's kind of like all three of these movies fall into the same genre. So at this point, Leonardo DiCaprio is very diverse in his roles that he's picked, and he's doing them all very well. But at the same time, he's, he's kind of working in the same tone, uh, more or less, throughout his career, I would say, at this point. Again, we're three movies in. But like he's mm -hmm. sort of developed, he's sort of found by the Basketball Diaries, you know, what he's good at. And as far as I'm concerned, The Basketball Diaries is sort of, it's definitely the most intense of all three of these movies. And I think that this is a really good point for him to get out of that role to avoid being typecast because he, he isn't typecast at this point. 
he can't be, but taking on more of these roles, he would get, he, he might end up getting to that point, which I believe that this was probably the last of these uh, sort of all kind of similar-ish movies for him for a while. So I think he did, you know, get out where uh, at the right time. Hopefully all that made sense. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this each role seems to kind of test him test him further um in in the general because like i i again like this was pretty similar to this boy's life in my opinion like Mm -hmm. in in terms of sort of the themes of just like self-destructiveness and wanting to be better um in this in this particular sense it well i guess i guess he um eventually it does work out for him but um I would say that it like yeah, there's a lot of the same types of emotions. I just I definitely think he you can you you can see that he has improved overall um, because this role was more challenging in general and yeah uh, for sure with uh, there's a lot of you know the the drug use and stuff um, and a lot of like a lot the themes were a lot darker too. I would say mm-hmm. um, even if I I wouldn't say this movie is actually as good as the first one it was a lot more it was a lot more ambitious role so we picked that very well and i think it just solidifies him overall because he again this this movie he he undergoes a vast array of different personality like personalities and emotions and um because he and and it's a very like heavy character arc because he's you know he starts off as a as an extremely you know confident young kid who's like looking up in the world and then he kind of slowly devolves into this uh to sh- the shell of a the person that he used to be mm-hmm. and uh so yeah it's, he he keeps picking very dynamic roles and yeah uh, this kind of feels like the peak of what he's learned as thus far that we've seen yeah i think that's what i was trying to say with um earlier but i think after this role uh i can't see how he evolves as an actor uh in in a way that i like i can't see how he evolves a similar role as an uh, as an actor taking a similar role as as his fourth movie is what i'm saying Uh, so so, you're saying he could have gotten typecast possibly (laughs) and kind kind of yeah like i think that after this movie I think after this movie, he has to find um, just a different type of movie to continue his development as an actor, essentially. So yeah, I do think that while at this point, I could not, as a casting director, typecast him, this is about where I would start thinking, um, oh, he's good for this kind of movie. And then, you know, one more movie and he's typecast, basically. Yeah. Or he could- I wouldn't say any of the rules he's played so far are like care character like these are very real characters if that makes sense, right? Yes. He hasn't really played a role yet that I would say kind of cements its itself in the mind of someone. Because like like two two of two of these were were autobiographical or bi- biographical roles, right? They're yeah. was based on um, them off someone. And and all of them were based on a book. Uh, this Boy's Life and uh, this one, The Basketball Diaries, they're based on real people. What's Eating Gilbert Grape was based on a book 
that was also probably to some degree autobiographical of, or biographic, like it was also probably to some degree based on someone. So these are all very real roles, like you said. So I, I think uh, to, to solidify him further as, as a, a very, a, more of a diverse actor, it'd be, it'd be smart at this point to start choosing very character, more character-based roles so that he can, he, like, because he's shown that he has the skills, now he just has to prove that he can, he's flexible with what he can do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because for this, for this movie, he actually had the uh, huge advantage. Um, he's, he's put a lot of work into all of the roles that he's done so far. I don't know exactly what he did for this boy's life. Uh, for Gilbert Grape, he, was, he acted basically method. For this mm-hmm. one, he had the huge advantage of actually meeting the person that uh, his character is based on. The guy, I don't remember his last name, but Jim, the guy he's Jim. based on, is actually in the movie as a heroin addict. Yeah. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Uh, when they go, there's a scene, there's a short scene where they, where him and Mark Wahlberg are living underground with all the addicts. Mm-hmm. And one of the addicts is telling him a story of how he used to, like, what his childhood was like. And uh, that addict is Jim, like, actual Jim. Oh. oh. Okay, sick. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, I, I get having access to to that amount of information is, like, yeah, pretty, a huge, a huge advantage for an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, either way, like, once again, I have to Say Leo really pulled his weight in this role. Um, I I thought the movie actually like I would say like the writing was pretty poor, and so was the I, I, I so was the directing. I would say too. Um, I think this movie was well. Like I guess I didn't hate any part of it. I would agree with you on both of those things. I thought that uh, this movie was carried entirely by its acting, or mostly for sure, because yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio was very good. All the other actors were as well. This was very much Leonardo DiCaprio and Mark Wahlberg's show. I don't know how many movies Mark Wahlberg had been in before this, mm-hmm. but uh, he was, um, this is, I mean, this is one of his early movies and he's already peak Wahlberg. And like, I mean, after this point, uh, I don't think I've ever seen Mark Wahlberg in a role that he's really been good in that wasn't basically this exact same character. But early on in his career, he's starting with his strongest fat, like with his strongest foot forward, and he really nails it in this in this movie. Yeah, he does. I, I honestly, uh, well, I, I, Mark, um, I think his role was relatively easy. Um, yeah, it wasn't necessarily a, a hard character, one. but he did it well. <clears throat> yeah, he was. It wasn't necessarily a hard character, but they cast him very well. Like this was mm. perfect Mark Wahlberg role. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, and then I, I wouldn't say I thought the mother was pretty, pretty good actress. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, like, oh, I guess the coach. The coach was actually kind of a disturbing character. The basketball coach. Yeah, he um, was. He was very believably disturbing yeah and right. the uh the, his other friend um the the guy who got off drugs very short very quickly uh, uh and then never did them again and went on to actually have a career in basketball his role was very small but like he did it fine uh was it neutron 
Yes, Neutron. I was, I that's, that's a weird name. I don't know if that's it was. actually his name. No, that, that was his name. That was the character's okay. name. Okay, um, cool. I remember hearing it and being like, like, and thinking, like, the popular Jimmy? What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> I had to look it up during the movie because I couldn't believe that before Jimmy Neutron, any... He was a basketball Any person player. would actually be called Neutron as a nickname. <laughs> Such a yeah. weird nickname. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, I, but yeah, overall, like, even with taking everyone else into account, I think it was by and far Leo's movie. So, again, very smart choice of, uh, of role for him, even though, yeah, again, like, the movie wasn't great. I definitely think there was, there could have, like, it could have been shorter. I'm not the the themes weren't very solidified. Like it, it just kind of felt like um, I don't know if the basketball tires the book was was uh was structured to be more like to have a, a plot structure or if it was literally just like a complete autobiography uh of that experience. But yeah, this the movie didn't really have any narrative structure for the most part. Um, yeah. In terms of, and then in terms of themes and stuff, like the themes didn't really uh, up at all. It's the the movie just kind of ends. It, it feels like it ends where it's supposed to, and not like well, like and not supposed to. It's just like it ended because there was no story to tell left, or they didn't deem the, the anything else important, um, rather well, than mean, like it, it's re- reaching a fitting conclusion. For me. Yeah, the end of the movie was basically he's now off drugs. So over the course of the movie, you've been introduced to him, he's gotten on drugs, and he's gotten off drugs, which is like kind of almost a plot, but there's not, it's, it's a little unclear what the themes are besides drugs and feeling inadequate, and because you're feeling inadequate, drugs. Yeah, especially because there, there were some things I felt were hinting towards a more uh, central conclusion, like there, there were like uh, the way he was dealing with the looking up at his friend who succeeded because he quit drugs. Um, mm-hmm. And it was, I think he was going to be in the NBA. Was that, was that, or he was going to a college, a big college. For he was at a big, yeah, he was at a big college. And I think at that big college, a lot of like the star athletes at that big college often go on to be in the NBA or something. And he was a star basketball player. Yeah. I don't remember. There was stuff there. There was stuff with him writing poetry all the time throughout the movie that I guess it kind of ties into the end, but it it just, it honestly felt kind of coincidental rather than like uh, an actual, like, uh, I guess like a a Chekhov's gun, I guess is what I was looking for. You see him doing this. Yes, and then like it, it ends up being useful in the end. I guess it was again, but but it didn't mm-hmm. feel it didn't feel useful. Um, well, and another thing that I was gonna point out is this movie want this movie feels like it wants to say something about uh, sex and culture and something because there's a very prominent prostitute in this movie who like comes up all the time and has a recurring role. Uh, that feels important to the plot, but uh, and in the end isn't. Interestingly enough, played by Juliette Lewis from uh, Gilbert Grape, 
I know, right? That was. Uh, I saw that and I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> and then also there's like the, the coach, uh, I guess this is kind of a spoiler, but the coach is a pedophile. Um, so yeah. you've got both of those things, which are like sexual deviancy, I guess. And they don't really explore that. Those are just kind of. So that's another theme that feels like it's not really played out. Um, it's just sort of introduced. I guess it's because it was, you know, they're not, they're not going to make stuff up because it's a biographical movie, but it just, it didn't, I guess it, it, it stops it from being a better movie because I don't, I personally don't think, even if it's a true story, I don't think it was interesting enough or unique enough to really, you know, like make, make me want, make me forget about, stuff like narrative structure and, and yeah. whatever. Um, they could have done something like the social network where they will, we'll, we'll see, like, I guess, I guess it's because the, the author had a very heavy hand, uh, how this movie was made. Um, but they, they, they could have fictionalized it more and, and played around with the elements and made it more of a, gave it more of a movie structure. Again, like the social network at risk of, you know, mischaracterizing the actual story, mm-hmm. uh, but, um, which I, I, I personally think that works really well because, but I, that might not, not have been what the signed on for. So they, he didn't allow it to, to happen like that or they, or they just thought and, it was interesting enough. Well, uh, yeah, that's what I'm thinking is, uh, what you said that would definitely in my mind too make it a better movie. Uh, it may not necessarily make it better for what they were going for. So, because I, I felt like they were just really going for the autobiog- autobiography aspect. They just really liked that story. And it's not bad. It's just, like you said, held up from being a better movie yeah. by not having much in the way of narrative. Yeah. Especially since I feel like the more interest, a, a lot of um, the, a lot of what could have been interesting was his journey from going to jail for drug addiction to becoming uh you know a a famous poet i guess Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, slash slash writer they 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 kind of skip over that completely uh which i thought was really sad because like i'm gonna be honest i the, the the story of someone being very uh having potential and then having that potential squandered through drugs ought Unfortunately, that's not a very unique story that happened many, many times. Um, so I, I didn't feel any specific appeal to it uh, that I couldn't have seen from another movie. But if, if they were to show, like, I guess, like more of the comeback story for and how he dealt with that drug, um, it could have been more interesting and rewarding because... Yeah, as far as the movie actually goes, it's, it's basically just the main character, Jim, slowly becoming more and more addicted to drugs until he goes to jail where he magically recovers. Yeah. Um, they don't uh, really... That's what really bothered me. They made it seem really... They made it sound like it was really easy to recover once he went to jail, which kind of... I, like, the, the only the only solid theme that the, the movie might have had for it at the end was, like or uh, was the idea of underestimating like the power of drugs, I guess. 
um, on someone's mm -hmm. mind, but then they, they make it look extremely easy for him to get off and recover his life, you know, once he goes yeah. to jail. Have you ever, uh, have you ever read, I guess, I can't really ask if you've watched because I haven't, but have you ever read uh, A Clockwork Orange? No, I haven't. I really want to watch that movie, though. Uh, well, we'll get to it on an episode of Classic Movies Live, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But uh, um, A Clockwork Orange, I haven't watched it yet, uh, but I read the book back when I was in high school. And mm -hmm. what you were saying just sort of reminded me of the book because the second to last chapter, and in the American version, the last chapter is um, he's, he's gone through all this torture and this re-education stuff, and he's decided that... Uh, and, and, instead of being a changed person, he was able to simulate being a changed person long enough to go back out and uh, just go back to being a, be, being a bad guy again. But then in the last chapter, which was omitted from the American version uh, until probably the reprint, well, until a reprint probably in like 2008 or something, uh, it's just a chapter about many years later, he comes back and sees his old, and, or he, he's got a new gang, and he sees one of the guys from his old gang, and that guy has just grown up. And that was sort of reminded me of what, and, and what you were saying sort of reminded me of that, like, even just showing a little more, like this movie ends uh, with him getting off drugs, and then it has text showing what happened. And even just one scene of him, like, you know, many years later, he's successful now, and, like, just seeing how his life has changed would probably have addressed a lot of that concern of yours, because, you know, the main story that this movie wants to tell is the drug story, and that story takes about two hours. But after that, um, you can still kind of tell the second story without going through all of the boringness that is you know trying to become a professional poet because i'm sure that a lot of that is just writing a poem rewriting that poem submitting it to an editor rewriting that poem again etc all of this boring stuff you can really yeah. just you could just show what happens later on with jim and just like show yeah just show a segment of his life later and that already fills in a lot of that. That gives it a little bit more of that satisfying sense of, oh, he did make it, kind of. Yeah. No, that would have been nice. Like, uh, I guess kind of like, um, that makes me think of The Pursuit of Happiness, I guess. Have you seen that? Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, yes, of, I have, uh, yeah. At the, very, at the very end, you, you do catch a glimpse of, or you, you don't see Will, the, because at the end, I guess, Will Smithy gets a job at the investment bank. Uh, I, I think that's what it was, and then and then and then it cuts to like a few months later where he's with his son, and um, I guess they don't show his life as being successful, but they do show the the uh, I guess the the pure like his his emotions. I think capture it all of just it's, it wasn't really about the money; it was just about security for his son, you know um yeah and and you 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 see and you so you kind of see that the after effect i guess we we do kind of get that in this movie with the he does the play for, uh or i guess he because we, we at the end we kind of find out that the whole movie was because it was narrated and this narration was actually for 
Jim's uh, one-man show, I guess, or one-man narration. Uh, yes. Of his of his diary, and um, that was nice, but I didn't feel any re- because I I guess the the point I think what works it might work in the pursuit of happiness um, because honestly both scenes are really and really short, mm-hmm. but the that scene of him explaining this to an audience doesn't really wrap up any of the movie at all because we the audience was never really led to to expect much from his diary like it the diary didn't really have an intricate part in his life or much emotional relevance that we were truly shown you know like like obviously he's very protective of his diary right but like there was no link to like oh this diary um reminds me of or let lets me write about my uh my my mother is like the pain of losing my mother or something like or uh, the the destruction of his really the relationship with his mother it was literally it was mostly a diary that talked about his life you know like i didn't feel mm-hmm. any true connection to that so when they when they show that i didn't feel like he really won specifically because i they were never hinting towards like his dream was to be uh a, a star poet or something yeah, yeah. showed slight hints to it but if they develop that earlier in the movie and then they kind of show him getting or having finally gotten what he he wanted in a way at the end um that might have wrapped it up more but it just felt sort of tacked on at the end because again there there was no arc there of like oh finally i wasn't like oh finally he gets to share his poetry with more like that's cool. He, he's, he's talking about his life and it's, yeah. You know? Yeah. I think, I think what you're saying, it goes to show there's a lot of value in the old adage of show don't tell because this mm-hmm. movie and uh, this boy's life, they end essentially on a scene that is more or less unrelated to the rest of the movie. And then like some text telling what happened to that guy uh, where like the pursuit of happiness, ends on a scene that pays off an earlier scene. And uh, in, my, in, in the example of the Clockwork Orange, it ends on a scene of him seeing the person that he could have become and could still be if he wants to get out of what he's doing now. And so you have that sense of payoff because that's been built up through the movie where uh, when you when you just see some text of what happened to this guy, I mean, it's satisfying to know that he's doing well, but it's also not paying off anything from earlier in the movie. So like on some level, you kind of don't care. Yeah. I think like it would have been nice if we saw him uh, playing basketball with his friends again or something or maybe finally getting to hang out with his mom after recovery because like honestly like the the showing of like the relationship with the mother and how that self-destructed or how that how that was lost that was like the biggest loss in the movie um that was like really hurt that was that hit really hard of just watching uh or his mother essentially called the cops on him because he came back asking her for money and 
at his lowest point. Um, yeah. And she, she had to, she, yeah, she basically had to betray his, betray him. Uh, and, and, uh, call the cops on him. And that, that was like a heartbreaking scene. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, like we, we actually don't get any closure for that. We never see the mom again after that scene, even though that was, again, yeah, that was probably the most emotionally impactful scene in the entire thing. So, uh, yeah, just some, something like that. Cause I, I thought those, that was definitely more interesting, um, and would have been nice or give to be given a conclusion. Um, I did think we got something kind of close to that or kind of close to closure for we got closure for one thing i think which uh do you have the do you have the names of the characters in front of you yes who was his little friend like the the, the tiny italian dude who uh, just uh, had like pedro. pedro uh okay he probably wasn't italian i think he was probably <laughs> latino puerto rican his latino friend pedro um yeah at one point in the movie, so Pedro is just kind of a follower of him and Mark Wahlberg. And at one point they rob a convenience store and Pedro gets left behind and taken in by the cops. And that is kind of the last we see of Pedro for a while. But then at the mm-hmm. very end, he meets up with Pedro. He like apologizes for what he did back then. Pedro is doing fine. He's more or less back to where he was before. But he's, I think, off drugs at that point. He's not, he's not a cautionary tale, so I have to assume that he was off drugs by then. Oh, no, um, I thought it was implied he was on drugs still. Oh, he might have been. I don't remember. Oh, okay. Anyway, that's almost closure, because at least we see Pedro again and see what happened, which is close to the end. And it's right yeah. after that. It, maybe it was that he was on drugs, because it's right after that that the movie ends. And so it might have been... The implication may have been that that meeting with Pedro was where he's like, okay, you know, I was already going to stay off drugs, but now I'm for real, though. Yeah. I guess. Well, actually, I guess the Sorry, fact ahead. that I don't know if that's in fact the case means it wasn't that effective of a scene, but it was <laughs> nice to see Pedro again. Yeah, even... It was... It felt kind of weird. It felt like a scene of, like... uh like he sees the he sees the person he used to be and he and he's grown from that you know um i thought yeah. it was kind of shitty that they chose to use pedro who you know they kind of screwed over halfway through the movie and then if there's anyone in this movie who you could describe as their situation was not their fault pedro is the closest to that yeah so it was, yeah it, it definitely felt odd Honestly, what who felt like the biggest victim, one of the biggest victims in the movie, uh, kind of still got screwed over in the end. And you're not, I, I feel like the movie wanted me to look at that as like, lol, look at, look at Pedro, like, and look how far Jim has grown from the way he used to be. Uh, thank God he's not Pedro. But honestly, like, I just, I looked at that as, as kind of like, wow, like, there's this guy that he kind of screwed over a, a couple of years ago. Um, and and, he's, and here he is walking away from that guy again. Yeah, he's still suffering, and you can tell. And you're doing a little better off. You're gonna help him, and not obviously not by giving him drugs, but like you know some other way. But it, it's he's done. He just kind of says bye very casually, you know. Um, yeah. And 
I just thought like maybe if it was Mark Wahlberg, that would have been that would have made a lot more sense because you know Mark because was Mark, Mark was as close to a villain as this movie gets. He wasn't a villain, but he was he was the friend who was a bad influence on Jim. Not that Jim was I mean, Jim didn't need any bad influencing, but anytime he was torn on something, Mark Wahlberg was the devil on his shoulder. Where Neutron yeah. was like the angel on his shoulder that he didn't listen to. Yeah, exactly. So it just it just felt odd that Mark well, I guess Mark Wahlberg, his character went to jail, so I guess, you know, that it makes sense that he couldn't be there to for the audience to pity, but um yeah, it just it just felt like an odd scene. Um and uh I, I definitely think it was another another thing that that the movie kind of left up in the air, but it didn't really succeed in like the landing. Um, yeah, so here I go backtracking on everything I said already. But I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> no, but I, I was gonna say uh, I, I originally said Pedro wasn't the cautionary tale. He was, and honestly, that's kind of messed up because there's a lot of potential for cautionary tales in this movie. Pedro should not have been the one, narratively. If he actually was, then okay. But again, this is where narrative might trump realism in this case. Yeah. Um, and even if it was like a realism thing, I, I, I still don't think they needed to show that particularly because it, it honestly just kind of made me feel like Jim Jim's kind of an asshole, you know? Um, but... Mm -hmm. And it just felt really unnecessary because it, it felt like the filmmakers were trying to tell me one thing and I, it, it just wasn't working. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, um, I'd say like overall, it was, uh, I guess, an interesting movie to watch. It had some cool commentary. Um, but again, I wouldn't say this. This is the third movie that we've seen in this series. I, I, probably I, I will not want to watch this movie again just because it's very depressing very sad and I, I wouldn't say good enough to warrant a rewatch you know um yeah there's yeah I would I would agree and it doesn't it doesn't say anything unique enough to make me want to come back for more uh but, but yeah it was it was uh it was solid acting carried it um rest of the movie kind of dragged but uh, that's okay because uh, following the theme of this series, I think this really again props up Leo as as a as a, a very reputable actor. And um, I, this movie was ninety six, right? I believe so. Yeah. Nine, yeah. Uh, oh no, ninety five. Um, ninety five. Okay. And this, uh, yeah, this definitely we can we can see him aging into being able to. Uh, star in uh, the Titanic, honestly, which is I'm really excited to that, watch because that's uh, I think that that was the first that that's what put him in the spotlight, obviously. So yeah, it's mm -hmm. just all, these movies definitely feel like prep for him slowly growing into his own to to deserve a role like that. Um, but we have one movie before the Titanic that we're gonna watch. Yeah. So, so actually, but. but uh, Leo does quite a few movies between this movie and the next one we're doing. This is the first time that we're going to skip some movies. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, normally, 
what I'm going to establish, I mean, I'm going to say normally, but this hasn't been the case yet. Uh, what we're going to do is at the very end of uh, each period, so that's going to be every five episodes, we'll say, you know, what was our favorite movie from these five, um, from, these, from this period of Leo that we watched? And also, you know, what did we think in general? Just general thoughts about the whole period as well. We'll mm -hmm. do that at the end of Titanic. Titanic is probably going to be a very long episode, which is appropriate because that movie is three hours long. Yeah. Uh, our episode will not be three hours long. Yeah. But still. Um, but since this is the first, since the next movie that we're going to do is going to be the first time we're skipping a movie, uh, we're skipping some movies, Let's uh, already sort of do that for this. So what do you think of the first three movies? Uh, general thoughts, what was your favorite? If you want to say what was your least favorite. And um, yeah, basically that's what I just want to get at. Uh, do you want to go first or should I go first? You go first. Okay. So of these three, my favorite was What's Eating Gilbert Grape pretty easily. Uh, because um, I thought that this boy's life, I thought all three of these were really good. In particular, I thought that the performances in all of them were good, especially from Leo, obviously. That's who the series is about. But um, I really thought that this boy's life and the basketball diaries were, the basketball diaries much more so, were a little less direction, they were a little more directionless than Gilbert Grape, because Gilbert Grape was obviously fictional. Um, but also, uh, I mean, I didn't, um, they're, all, they're all sort of heavy movies. And I guess it really just comes down to, as we've been talking about, that narrative structure. Uh, with Gilbert Grape, I thought it had a really excellent structure. And I, it is the only one that I would watch again, because I believe in our episode, I said I wouldn't really be eager to watch it again. But I also said that after seeing it twice. I don't know that I'd be eager to watch Gilbert Grape again, but I've already watched it twice, where with This Boy's Life, I am glad that I saw it. It was good. I don't think I would watch it again. With this one, again, very glad I saw it. Now I can talk about it with my friend who brings it up sometimes. But also, I mean, I was kind of zoning out around the hour and a half mark anyway, so I don't know that, I'd, I don't know that it could capture my attention for another two hours. With Gilbert Grape, that narrative structure really lends it the ability, like there's just little things in that movie that I enjoy every time. Like I like, I love John C. Riley. Leonardo DiCaprio is incredible in that movie, even if he is super annoying, his character. Uh, Johnny Depp, you know, gives it that through line, that narrative structure really works in its favor as well. Uh, so that's, that's my general thoughts on these first three, for sure. Uh for me, I would, this is really hard for me because, like, yeah, honestly, these, none of these movies are typically the movie I'd, I'd like to watch because, yeah, again, they're, they're pretty narratively loose. Um, they're, they're definitely, well, they're all slice of life movies, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So I, I don't, I don't find like uh, the overall movie as a whole very interesting. Um, I will, yeah, I, I would agree in that I think What's Eating Gilbert Grape is definitely, like, the only movie, or the, the best movie here in terms of of, of movie, <laughs> I guess, like, yeah. filmmaking. Um, just because, yeah, like like you said, the the through line with um, uh, Johnny Depp's character arc uh, 
is 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 probably the 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 strongest um character arc that we have throughout these three movies um it was nice to see someone other than leonardo dicaprio uh as as the head role in that like um it, it was cool to see leo as a supporting actor um yeah. i thought he did a really good job as that um while but then i would say that this i think the basketball diaries actually i think personally had the strongest performance from him uh in my in my opinion just because of mm -hmm. just the the sheer like versatility of this role um and how many phases he goes through but then again this was also like i think by far like the worst movie uh made uh of the three um so yeah i think overall i'd say what's eating gilbert grape uh just because of um yeah like the, i think the filmmaking was top notch there and i i did like like i thought there were interesting side characters and stuff um the movie felt more whole uh and then i want to say hmm, i think i'll say this boy's life for a second as well uh Again, I, I just I think the basketball diaries, it 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 would it was hurt because I think it showed a lot of potential and potential really it was potentially like a, a extremely interesting themes that they could have tackled, um, but none of them really come through. So I I'd say, as even though it's definitely more ambitious, um, overall the overall the the movie definitely lacks where this boy's life um gains even even if it is definitely uh this boy's life is much less um ambitious but just a more mm -hmm. solid movie overall yeah, yeah and delivers what it sells i would say i mean we've talked almost non-stop about it this entire episode the fact that the basketball diaries doesn't have a clear narrative structure hurts it a lot. I think it does. I mean, it's pretty evident from what both of us just said. It makes it kind of the worst movie of the three. Although I do want to stress, like I enjoyed all of these movies, at least somewhat. And like you said, and, and I agree with you absolutely that uh, the basketball diaries was, if not the strongest, and I, I would say probably the strongest, definitely the most versatile role from Leo in these first three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I'd, I'd say all of these movies like kind of offer their own uh, advantages and disadvantages, but um, yeah, overall it's just really hard for me to say because uh, I think that, honestly, they kind of all left kind of a sour, a bad taste in my mouth. Um, they're all really depressing and, uh, mm -hmm. uh, and uh Def yeah, definitely not fun or exciting movies to watch, which is what I usually go for. Um, but I did enjoy watching all of them. Um, and uh, yeah. Well, despite the fact that the next one is based on a Shakespearean tragedy, the next movie that we're talking about will be much more, uh, much less depressing. It'll be much more upbeat, I think, because this is going to be the first collaboration between... Um, Leonardo DiCaprio and Baz Luhrmann, and I am very excited for it. So next week, we're going to be talking about Romeo and Juliet, and then we're going to be closing out our, uh, our early period Leo with Titanic the week after.
So I'm excited for these next two because these next two are easily his biggest movies of the 90s. Uh, I don't know that they're necessarily the best. We will see. I haven't seen either of these yet. Uh, and also, like I said, we're, we're skipping a few movies in between. But potentially, if the series does well and we enjoy doing it, we'll come back to them. But uh, we, have, we have a schedule we want to get through. We got 15 movies, and we're at three, so we got to finish off the next two. Yeah. So uh, we'll see you guys next time for Romeo and Juliet. Romeo? Well, uh, hold on, hold on. It's not Romeo oh. and Juliet. It's Romeo plus Plus Juliet. Juliet. My bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, I am excited. All right. We will see you next week.